one. I, I had a couple thoughts and different messages on my mind, but uh, I'm going to <laughs> uh, make mention maybe of a couple others as we preach. I want to try to cover the same subject, but, you know, cover it in a different way tonight. You understand. I'll make sense in a minute. Anyway, uh, I'm thankful. Uh, are we on? Yep. That um, I'm thankful we have the Lord. Amen. Isn't God merciful and gracious? Amen. Isn't he wonderful? And uh, I'm like others. I just don't know what I would do without him at times. Um, God is so good, and I just appreciate him. I'm going to preach to you this evening. I'm just going to read one verse. Most of you, I hope, 90% of you can quote it. John 3, 16, one of the most well-known verses in the Bible. Most kids learn that verse first, which I think is very appropriate. Um, probably next to John three sixteen would be uh, Psalms 23. If you can't get it, don't worry about it. Um, but... Um, I, I'm afraid sometimes there are certain verses such as this and, and me included in this statement that we have read it so much or so familiar with it that we forget uh, just how rich and how wonderful uh, it is. And, and I think this is one of those verses. It, it's just amazing to me when you read this verse and you think about it. So John 3.16, like I said, I'd, I'd say everybody probably knows it. Um, I thought about reading some verses above and below it, but we're just going to stick with this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this time together and for this day that you've given us. Lord, you've been so precious to us and so forgiving and so wonderful. God, of all the things you've done for us, Lord, in our life, God, I can never ever begin to repay you or thank you enough. Lord, you love us unconditionally and we thank you for that. And you proved it by sending your son. And God, I pray tonight, Lord, you give me the words needed for this time. Father, help me, the Holy Spirit, that you take over and you preach exactly what needs to be preached. And nothing more than your mouthpiece. Empty me myself, forgive me of any sins that could hinder this message. And we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus, your name we pray. Amen. Now, as I said, uh, probably I would say the most well-known verse in the Bible. And just kind of a simple thought, but every now and then I think we need some reminders. Now, I, times um, I've even thought about this and even talked to Amber a little about it the other day and I pray about it some. I feel like I probably need to preach on hell a little bit more every now and then. I need to preach on judgment or things such as that, future judgment things. But for me anyway, as a pastor, sometimes it's difficult because I see so many people hurting in so many different ways. And it's hard sometimes to get up and rear back and hellfire brimstone, but it is still needed. And there's times we must accept and realize the fact there is a real literal hell that people, real literal people are dying and going to. Amen. And without God, without being saved, that is where they go. Uh, 
Realize it or not, folks, people that we really, people that we really know really do die and go to a real hell. Uh, do I hope that some of them at the last minute or whatever get a chance? I, I do, but I'll just be realistic with you. That's just not realistic. Uh, it really isn't. But this evening, what I want to preach to you about is the reason we don't have to go to hell. The reason we escaped it. The Bible tells us here, for God so loved the world. I don't know that there's greater words ever been spoken than those words right there. That he gave his only begotten son. Number one, Jesus and God became separated for you. God loved you so much, he separated himself from his son. Do you understand the level of this? Do you understand? I don't think we can, but let me try to paint a little bit of a picture here. Uh, For eternity, you say, how long is that? I don't know, it's eternity. Uh, I realize that we try to think about how God has always been and always will be. Uh, That's staggering. Our our finite minds cannot grasp that. But they've always been. As far as what I can read from the Bible, they've always had communion. They've always been in perfect relationship, perfect fellowship. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes to earth. He takes on the form of man. He compresses all that power in the seed of a woman. He reduces himself down. He humbles himself down. He comes so low that he was born in, in, a, in a stall under probably under uh, in a cave-like or under a rock cliff or something with some rocks stacked up there that they had hay in. And that's where he was laying when he was born. And there at that moment, at that shining moment, him and the father became separated in a sense that they had known each other at that point. That they had still had communion. They were still in communion with one another. But Jesus wasn't sitting beside the right hand of the father at that time. For 33 and a half years, he wrapped himself in flesh. He was, no longer, he was still perfect. He was still deity, but he was no longer in the place of heaven. He left the splendor and praise of heaven to come to this earth and separate himself from all the things of heaven and live approximately 33 and a half years, die a perfect sinless life. And on the cross, when he hung there and he stre- his arms stretched out, nailed to a cross, said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Him and the Father were completely separated at that time for you and I. He became separated for us. For the first time in eternity, Jesus was without the Father, the Father was without Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm sure thankful that God was willing to send His only begotten Son. You see, the word begotten there is important in the King James. Uh, it, is, it is unduplicatable. No other uh, son can have God's DNA like Jesus does. We have the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from our sins, but we also have this flesh. Our DNA does not match Jesus' DNA. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that he separated himself for you and I. You know, could you imagine? I'll try to illustrate this real quickly and move on. Sometime in your life, little Riley or little uh, Maddie, she looked up, I want to call her by name just now, uh, suddenly had need of some kind. And you had it, your ability to help. And there little Riley standing there, this little precious child sitting there screaming, uh, Poppy, what, Poppy? Poppy, I couldn't. I want. I always forget. As uh, long as she just calls you, right? Uh, 
Because Indy was making fun of Morgan on his truck. She said, it looks like an old Popeye truck. I said, he is an old Popeye. And with honor, he said, amen. <laughs> but anyway, she'd be there screaming, Poppy, Poppy, help me, Poppy, I need you. And Morgan stand back and say, I can't. I can't. Imagine what that would do to you to look at your child or grandchild and say, I can't. And goes too far as to forsake them. In other words, you turn your back and you walk away. That's what he did for you and I. Sometimes you feel like God doesn't love you. Sometimes you feel like that God's got his finger on you and the devil's got his, God's got a finger on one shoulder, devil's got a finger on the other shoulder, and both of them are pressing down. Let me tell you something, God proved he loved you. God showed he loved you. I don't know how much longer we gotta suffer in this old world, but I'm thankful one day I know for long I won't have to suffer anymore. Hey, I try to preach that because, folks, we've got a hope beyond this world, and every now and then I need to grab onto that hope, and I know that the Father loves me because he proved he loved me. Times life gets tough, times it gets hard, and times I'm thinking I'll never get through this. Will this ever end? Go again, same old thing, over and over. Sometimes we feel like life just repeats itself. I thank God that Jesus knows what it's like to be separated for you and I. He was separated from the Father. Let me get a quick drink here. He says, he goes on to say, again, I hope to thank most of you know this, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. So real simply, one, God knows what Jesus knows, separated himself from his son. God saved us by his son. There's no way in this flesh that we could ever grasp the death of that statement. I try to stop and think sometimes how different my life could have been. We could have been born in a different family. I could have been born in a different country. I could have been so different my life could have been. Now let me go on and try to say something here a little bit further and been saved. Do you realize that with salvation we get eternal life? That means I escape from hell. That means I don't have to worry about hell ever again. There's people that's been in hell. I think about the rich man sometimes. Uh, the story of rich man of Lazarus. And he's been there for two, at least we know 2,000 years. I don't know exactly the year that took place. It had to be, if it's the same Lazarus that Jesus rose from the dead, it had to be around his lifetime, right? So, so we know it's at least 2,000 years old. Do you realize that rich man has been in hell for 2,000 years? Do you know that man has now, we now, I heard this the other day, I can't, I've not read it for myself, but I believe it from the person that told it, that man now has made a fire that puts off black light. He gives off no light. So hot that there's no light. Do you realize in hell, in total darkness, you know, one of the craziest things, if you've ever been in one of those caves, go to tour one of those, like uh, mammoth caves or whatever, and they get you deep inside a thing, they turn off all the lights, and it is so dark, it is, it is mysteriously dark. That's what hell is like. Could you imagine all your greatest fears being with you, and all at the same time, you can't see anything? 
while you're burning in a flame. Do you understand if you're saved this evening, God has saved you from that by his son. You know, in Timothy, the Bible tells us that we have one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. I'm thankful that there's times in my life when I go to Jesus and he says we, in Hebrews, he tells us we have a great high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin, that we may boldly come to the throne of grace to find grace and help in time of need. There's times I need him, and I'm thankful I can go to him, I can reach him, I can touch his heart. He knows exactly how I feel. He can mediate between me and God. He understands what I'm going through. He understands my struggles, my trials, my complaints. My, my frugalness because he says there in Hebrews what I just quoted you our infirmities means weakness he understands where I'm weak he understands and knows places that I may not be as strong as I should be and I want to be and he wants me to be and sometimes places in your life it seems like there are certain areas where the devil always has an ace in a hole or a wild card and at any given time it's like he knows when to pull it out and use it and it's like it always works Sometimes I feel so helpless against that wild card. I'm thankful that I'm saved. I'm saved eternally. I'm thankful that I have the man, Christ Jesus, to mediate between me and God. I don't always understand everything. There's some of you, I'm not going to point anybody out, some people in this church, somehow as a pastor, you want so bad just to be able to help them somehow and give the right words and say, here's how to fix this, or here's, here's this, or this will help you. Hold on to this. And I want God, sometimes I pray, say, God, give me something to help people, to give them to sink their teeth into, not just lie until they get out the door and it fades away. Help me to give something for people to grab on to. Yes, we've got hope. Thank God for that hope. Yes, we've got a future. Thank God for that future. But sometimes we need a little extra right now. Sometimes I feel so helpless because I don't have that ability or power. But let me tell you about one that does. Let me tell you about Jesus. He's got the power. He came. He separated himself from the Father. Like to be you and I and he saved us so he could bring us into his fold, into his family, and say, you're one of mine now. I cherish you. I've got you. You're part of me, and I'm part of you. I'm holding you. I'm taking care of you. I'm sustaining you. I'm fulfilling you. I'm giving you everything you need. If you'll just trust in me and walk with me, it'll be so much better. There's the hard part. There's the catch. When it comes to our daily life is always staying in fellowship with him. There's where it's not always easy. And that is where we need the man, Christ Jesus, the mediator between us and God. Let me tell you, tell me, the more trust and faith you put in God, that no matter what happens in your life, no matter how great the temptation, no matter what it is, he is what you need. He is the best for you and I it'll go better. Will the problems come? Yes. Will life be roses? Not always. But I thank God I've got a father that loves me. Let me say this real quickly and I'll get to the third point. I want to try to use our little youth choir from time to time to come up front and sing. 
And I'm proud of some of you girls this evening that you wore dresses and, dresses and skirts. I, I, I like that. Because at any given Sunday, we might look at you all and say, come and sing. Because you're a blessing to this church. You're not the church of tomorrow, you're the church of today. And it's important that you guys live your life holy and righteously before God Almighty because it matters. What you got at camp, we want to do our best to keep that fire burning and not let it go out. I'm thankful for the youth of this church. I'm thankful for everybody. I better be careful. I'll make somebody mad. I didn't mention them. Lastly, and, and he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Number three, God through his Son sanctified us. Let me, let me pause here and explain to you what I mean just for a minute. When you're saved, there are some things you get that you don't realize. In Romans, it tells us that we're justified now. Not later, now. I'm glorified now. I don't see the glorified yet. I can't see that, but it's in me. The Bible says that the sufferings of this world are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. If somehow we could unzip ourselves and show people our spirit and fold it back, do you realize people would fall on their face in front of you and I? Because it would be God's light shining out. Because the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. That's the glory that's going to be revealed in us one day. And He sanctified us. He put His word in us there's not a second work of sanctification I know some of you have no clue what I'm talking about it's okay as time goes you'll understand later do you realize when you're saved God puts you in the position of his family as one of his children right then I gain all the inheritance of the son right then the moment I'm saved I thank God that he looks at me like a son. Let me go back to my little illustration where I started, and I'll, I'll be done just in a minute. Now, Poppy turned his back on little Riley. She was in pain. She was tormented. She needed deliverance. And Poppy said, I can't help you. Walked away. Now, there came a time when little Riley came back out of the grave and the Father and the Son, I believe, embraced and said, I'm here now. And they got that renewal. They got a relationship that they didn't have before. Because you see, the Son conquered death, hell, and the grave. He hadn't done that yet. And the Father was able to set him on his right hand and give him a name which is above every name because of what he did for you and I. And the Son is able now to claim victory over everything in this universe because he has conquered it by the, his uh, sinless life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And the Son can look at you and I and say, I am able to help you. 
I'm able to carry you. I'm able to sustain you. I'm able to give you what you need if you'll just trust me. Will my problems go away? His didn't. His didn't. Sometimes we neglect to think about other people. The Bible tells us to esteem others better than ourselves. I need to help with that too. Give you a couple things real quick. The other day I was talking to my uncle, dad's brother, Uncle Mark, and we were talking about the heat and different things. He said, I remember as a kid, he said, it was just as hot. He said, we didn't have air conditioning. He said, you just, you just did it. And don't get me wrong, this week, when I got home from work, I was done. I mean, I was exhausted. I can't tell you how the energy that was drained out of me. And I got to think about other people. And Amber, somebody mentioned Joe delivering the mail. Let me give you, I'm going to talk about you for a minute. I hope you don't mind. Let me give you some things to think about. Somebody delivered the mail, no matter how hot or cold it is, they got to keep walking. No matter how bad the rain is, they got to keep walking. And I guess you have to keep walking in the rain pretty much, don't you? Because you've got to get it done by a certain time. We, we fail to think about other people sometimes. Do you know, I bet there was times Jesus was out walking from one place to another and a rainstorm rolled up. He didn't have an umbrella. I bet there was times... We know the Bible tells us that the disciples told him one time when he met the woman at the well, he said, Master, you need to eat. He said, I have food to eat that you know not of. So it obviously had been a while since he had ate food. He was still a man. He was still a human being. He still had to have substance. He still got hungry. He felt those hunger pains. You think about all the things like that that we think that somehow Jesus never had to go through. He went through everything you and I go through. So he can look at us and say, I understand. I understand. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful I've got a father who understands. Sometimes he may not take his paintbrush and wipe the storm away, but he'll sure write you a love letter and hand it to you in the middle of that storm. Say, I love you. I gave my life for you. My son died for you. And I'm thankful tonight that I've got somebody I can trust in and lean on. I've got a man, the man Christ Jesus. The man been able. Now, just understand this illustration. Don't y'all get too tore up here. Imagine been able to have a direct line to the President of the United States, whoever it was. Didn't matter who was in that office at that time. That's why I'm careful here how to use this illustration. But you had a direct line that you could call him at any time. You didn't have to go through any channels. You didn't have to call his secretary, secretaries. You didn't have to, you just went straight. The phone was sitting on his desk. And you could call at any time and he would answer. 
What are the odds of any human being in America ever having that opportunity? None. None. On top of that, you say, well, I've also got a direct line to uh, the ruler of China. I can call him at any time. He'll pick up his phone. I go on about different countries. I have a direct line with the ruler of this universe. And I can call any time. I can get a hold of him anytime. I don't have I went through the only one I have to go through, and that is Jesus Christ. And from that point forward, I have a mediator to the Father. I can go straight to the throne room. Let me tell you a prayer I pray sometimes, and I'm getting ready to start praying it again. I need to. There's times I'll kneel down and I'll pray, I Holy Spirit, I need you to get me to the throne room. There's times we don't make it there. We don't make it there very often. I'll be honest with you. I mean the real presence of God. Unless you spend some real time in prayer, you're not going to make it there. And unless you've ever been there, you don't know what I'm talking about. If you've never been there, then let me encourage you. You start putting in the time, the effort it takes to get there, and your Christian life will never be the same. You don't know, I'm telling you, there's times I need to say, Holy Spirit, I need to get thrown. I don't, I don't want to be on the outer court. I don't want to be at the altar of incense. I want to be, I, want, I need the mercy seat. I want to be right in the Holy of Holies. Holy Spirit, will you please get me there? And it may take more than 10 minutes. And it may take more than one prayer. But you'll keep asking him. He'll take you there. Thank you there. Father, we thank you again for this time together. God, I didn't know how this was going to go. I like to think in my heart sometimes, God, that I've actually got it halfway right. <laughs> Lord, I always want to exalt you, but I feel like so much of the time I probably fail to do that. I pray that I have exalted you this evening. Lord, that's our goal. That's our desire is exalt you because exalting us does no good. It don't help anybody. It don't even help me. So God, this evening I pray that, Lord, you take these few words and you put them together. And God, you help those that need God in whatever way they need it. And we love and we praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.